So we've looked at the first part of Romans chapter 5 and we've learned that we are declared innocent by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace that we stand in and we even rejoice, and this is hard to take, but we do when we get our heads together, we even rejoice in our tribulations because they produce something in us. Well, Let's take a step back a bit and uh, ask ourselves, what is this telling us on another level? Just think of the world for a minute. That is the secular world, the non-religious world. Here are scientists sometimes pondering and thinking and wondering whether there is an intelligent mind behind the universe. And uh, then there are others who uh, um, act in their religious uh, rituals as if they have to buy God off. And then there are those just filled with doubt. Where is God? Why doesn't he help us? Why doesn't he come through uh, through for us at the right time? And here we Christians, men and women of faith, are being told that we have access to God. We have entrance to his kingdom, to his throne. We have entrance into this grace in which we stand. It's like a wonderful bubble of warmth and strength and love and care and mercy. And uh, we are so uh, involved or rather immersed in this uh, grace that even trouble is experienced in grace so that it doesn't have the end result of disaster anymore, but ends up blessing us. I mean, try not to be a Christian for a moment and realize how utterly shocking and wonderful your faith is. In a world that is so blinded, in a world that cannot comprehend God, in a world that is so deluded by scientific research that it thinks that there is no way of knowing the ultimate meaning of the universe. And here we Christians sit glibly in our little uh, uh, homes and offices and churches, and we declare that God has given us access to his very own home through his son, Jesus Christ. It sounds arrogant, doesn't it? But rather, let it be the great surprise of your life. Ponder and sit back and think to yourself on occasion, what a, what a blessing I have, what a boon God has given me, that through Jesus Christ I have a new insight, I have a new eyesight, I have a new understanding of what the world is all about. This is what we are looking at when we look at chapter 5 of Romans. Now, we've just taken, as I say, the first five verses, but let me say to you that these also express something that I haven't mentioned to you so far. This chapter is talking about freedom from the wrath of God. Remember that God's wrath is motivated by love, that it is, that it is only a God who loves goodness that hates um, badness, that loves kindness that hates cruelty. 
God's wrath is part of his love. Because he sees the world ruining itself and being cruel and hard to one another, and he is wrathful against that because he created kindness and gentleness and goodness all over the planet and we have suppressed it. So his wrath is not against us, it is against what we are doing to ourselves. But this wrath has astonishingly been taken by God himself so that we are no longer under God's wrath. Now think of this. In Romans chapter 1, God's wrath is understood as handing people over to the powers of sin. Verse 18 says that the wrath of God is revealed, but it doesn't show how it's revealed until we get to verses 24, 26, and 28, which is that God gives them over, gives humanity over to the very things we choose instead of him. That's what God does. Now, that suddenly, if God takes the wrath of God, his own wrath upon himself, that suddenly explains the death of Jesus Christ, doesn't it? Do you see why? Because God handed his Son over to the powers of sin instead of us. When Jesus went to the cross, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't a surprise, it wasn't a ruined part of the plan of God. No, it was the plan of God. God, hand in the person of his Son, handed himself over to his own judgment against sin. That is the incredible news that we are faced with here in the first few verses of this uh, chapter 5 so that instead of wrath, we now have justification. That is, we are declared innocent. Instead of being judged under God's wrath, we are judged under his uh, declaration of innocence. Instead of being handed over to the powers of sin, we are handed back to the Father by having access into this faith, into this grace in which we now stand. Instead of tribulations being God clonking us, they are instruments by which we are drawn closer to him. Do you see, everything is reversed by the work of Jesus Christ. My goodness, please get a hold of that. Ponder it. Look back at your life. Perhaps you live, have lived a long life and you have many sorrows and you have perhaps... Um, six or a dozen um, landmarks of tragedy in your life. Maybe a divorce, maybe a, a death of a beloved one, uh, maybe the loss of a much prized job, maybe financial disaster, whatever it may be. And you look back upon those things as things that prevented you and created tragedy. And you would have been so much farther on in your goals and your uh, progress in life if these things had never happened. Well, stop. The gospel tells you the very opposite. The gospel tells you that, that uh, uh, tribulations do not prevent, but produce. For it says not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces. What does it produce? Perseverance, character, and hope. And so what you and I, by faith, have to do is to look back on the tragedies of our lives and stop bemoaning them, but rather giving thanks to God for them. 
lifting up our heart and saying, Father, I have been blind and stupid most of my life, and I pray that you will have mercy upon me and forgive me, for these sorrows and these tragedies that I have been through are not in fact tragedies. They have brought me sorrow, but when I now mix them with faith, I see that they are instruments of grace that draw me to you. My heart knows you because I know Jesus Christ, and I know Jesus Christ because you in your goodness and mercy have revealed him to me. This is what we're talking about, do you see? So we are freed from wrath, and that means we are reconciled to the heart of God, because wrath is sending away, handing over, you see, to the powers of evil, and reconciliation is bringing near. The opposite of wrath is not love. The opposite of wrath is reconciliation. Grasp it and apply it by faith to every event of your life so that you see things completely differently. The gospel enables us to see reality as it is, and once we do, we shall realize that everything we thought was reality was back to front and inside out and upside down. Now, then comes... The next part of this uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, which is another utter surprise in itself when you think of it. The trouble is, you see, we are so familiar with these passages. We've heard them, we've heard them preach, we've read them, and uh, we've become slightly or very much so indifferent towards them. But Paul now says this, For when we were still without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Well, there's going to be a lot to tell you about this, I can assure you. But let's at least take these words to heart. There are several descriptions of human being in these passages. One is that they are without strength, that's verse 6. Another is that they are ungodly, that's also verse 6. Another is that they are sinners in verse 8. And another is that they are enemies in verse 10. What a description, what a miserable description of us, right? That we are without strength, ungodly, sinners, and enemies. And the amazing thing is that Christ died for us in that state. In each of the verses, he says that Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, Christ died for us. 
But then you say, I know he died for us, but we have to accept it, don't we? And that's the, and we have to repent. And uh, that's why we have so much trouble, because we're so ungodly and without strength to do that. But no, you've missed it. I'm telling you, you've missed it. How do I know? Because of verse 10. Because verse 10 makes it clear what Christ's death means for us. Verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. So Christ's death is more than a provisional arrangement that will activate as long as you accept it. No, Christ's death is actually our reconciliation through Christ to God. So what this is telling us is that we have been reconciled to God even when we are without strength and ungodly and sinners and enemies. Well, as we used to say in England, put that in your pipe and smoke it, because if you can, you might choke on it for a while, but don't worry, your lungs will be cleared and you will be breathing fresh air before you know it. This is astonishing. It means that God took on the human race when it was utterly bummed out. God took on the human race when it was un in the state of collapse. God took on the human race when we were alienated, enemies to God. And that means that you have the greatest hope in your greatest darkness. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. You've been listening to my broadcast that you can hear any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Uh, simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. But would you do something else, too? Would you please consider a donation to the ministry to help this broadcast now in its 26th year to keep going? You can do that by sending your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for your kind little notes that I receive from time to time. They're very encouraging, and I look forward to talking with you next time. Cheerio, and God bless.